BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's the crossover Sports Illustrated's NBA show. Breaking down the latest news, rumors, and everything in between. Here's your host, Chris Mannix and Rohan Lodkarni. This is the Crossover NBA Podcast. I'm Chris Mannix in Los Angeles this week, coming to you from Miami. My colleague, Rohan Nodkarni. Uh, and Rohan, I got to tell you, being in L.A., uh, as I try to catch up and watch the uh, the World Cup, which is over in the Philippines, a lot more difficult on the West Coast than it is when I'm on the East Coast. The East Coast, I can live with the 7.30, 8 a.m. wake-ups. West Coast, like, I think the next game against, what is it, Morocco, is like at at 1.30 in the morning in, in L.A., so uh, it's a little more challenging trying to watch some of these uh, these World Cup games out here. It's the rare time where being on the West Coast is not the best timing situation for sports. During the regular season, incredible. Game's on at 4.30. You still have your whole night. FIBA World Cup, that's when it gets tough. That's That separates the men from the boys, Chris. Do you have any thoughts on the World Cup before we get into the topics that we're going to get into? I, I like what I've seen from Anthony Edwards in this tournament. I thought Paolo Benchero... Uh, a decent chance to be a two-way player in Orlando based on what I've seen in uh, limited action in the World Cup. There's a lot of good things happening over there. 
There are, and you know, I'm all in on like Anthony Edwards. I think he's fantastic, etc. I also think we need to. I get it. It's August. People are excited. They want to talk about basketball. When I'm seeing like Rondé Hollis Jefferson doing Kobe tributes, and people I talking about the Heat, Nikola Jovic is untouchable in the Dame trade. I'm like, let's just settle down. Let's enjoy the basketball, but let's not try to make any sweeping declarations. I love the Rondé Hollis Jefferson Kobe uh, comparison. Hollis Jefferson, who in uh, a number of NBA years was really a defensive guy. Now all of a sudden mm-hmm. he has a couple of good games in the World Cup, and you're like, "Wow, look at the Kobe comps." Even <laughs> right. Hollis Jefferson in interviews is like, "Nah, man, nah, that's uh, that's not me." I-, I will say this: watching these World Cup games and watching Austin Reeves continue to develop, it makes me more befuddled that no one was willing to give him the max level offer. And when I say max, I'm not talking about $200 million. He wasn't eligible for that. What he was eligible for was a four-year deal at around $100 million. Nobody extended him that offer, an offer the Lakers could have matched, which gave the Lakers the opening to get Austin Reeves back on a four-year, $56 million contract. And you know, based on what we saw last year and what I've seen in limited action in the World Cup, that could turn out to be one of the best deals in recent memory, four years, fifty-six million for Austin Reeves, who is going to be uh, a candidate next year, I think, for most improved. Pretty good bargain for the Lakers. Yeah, it's honestly, frankly, Chris, bad management by a lot of the Western Conference rivals of the Lakers. And I've seen some of the discourse: oh, the Lakers scared teams into saying we're going to match no matter what. So what? Make them match. If you're the Spurs, for example, it's not like the Spurs went on some big free agent feeding frenzy and they didn't couldn't have their cap space tied up in Austin Reeves they had no reason to not extend that four-year hundred dollar million dollar deal if nothing just to make the Lakers get closer to that second apron you got to play gamesmanship here uh you got to put these teams in its opposition it's shocking to me that the Spurs didn't do it just knowing how much Greg Popovich loves sticking it to the Lakers (laughs) I don't understand thinking honestly I'm not even thinking about San Antonio in in this discussion, how about a team like Sacramento, which hmm. had a whole boatload of cap space? We were talking about them as a candidate to sign Draymond Green last summer. That doesn't happen. Green signs uh, immediately back with the Warriors. They took their cap flexibility and they gave that money to Sabonis. Now, that's fine. Sabonis, more than worthy of that cash after last season, but they could have given them that money anytime. Like, and mm-hmm. the Lakers are a rival of the Sacramento Kings. The Kings are going to be competing with the Lakers. Does it not behoove the Kings to make (laughs) the Lakers' books as messy as possible, to give Austin Reeves the kind of money that maybe, most likely, the Lakers would have matched, but it would have at least you know made them think about giving money to somebody else and you know complicate their tax situation down the line. I mean, I thought that was a miss by the Sacramento Kings, personally. I, I didn't like that for them. If there were any a time to use the word behoove, it was right there. Well done, Chris. You hit the nail on the head. You really did. Even, I mean, let's say the the Lakers don't match, which I think they would have anyway. But if they didn't, you get a really good two-way guard at a reasonable salary in today's NBA. $100 million for Austin Reeves is a big number. It's not an outrageous number. That's for sure. So Lakers looking better by the day for getting Austin Reeves back on, uh, on that type of deal. All right. Two topics I want to get into on this show. And I want to begin with Giannis Tendekumpo, who was in the news after a recent interview with the New York Times. The New York Times, Tanya Ganguly, did a great profile of uh, Antetokounmpo recently. And Giannis had some interesting quotes 
in that story, Rowan. I want to read one of them in particular as it pertains to his future in Milwaukee. Giannis said, quote, I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody's on the same page, everyone's going for a championship, everybody's going to sacrifice time away from the family like I do. If I don't feel that, I'm not signing. Now, Giannis, uh, I believe extension eligible coming up in the next month, but this is more about next summer when he's extension eligible with one year left on his deal. Uh, Pretty strong words from the usually mild-mannered Giannis. Uh, What did you make of the entire interview, and what did you make about Giannis's seemingly, I don't want to call it a shot across the bow, but pretty strong words about what he wants to see from the Bucs? You know, Chris, I've seen the reaction to these Giannis comments, and they're definitely strong. There's a couple things here. First of all, I think Giannis is always honest, okay? For better or for worse, he's always honest in these situations. That's why we love him. It's very refreshing how candid he is. We've seen it in his finals press conferences, playoff press conferences, now this interview. I don't think he said anything that's very surprising to me. And I think a lot of people are using this to run with the narrative, oh, Giannis to the Knicks, oh, Giannis to this team. Let's start preparing trade packages. I don't think he said anything that's news to the Milwaukee Bucks. It's no secret the Bucks are kind of maybe coming up on the last iteration of this current build. Brooke Lopez is in his mid-30s. Chris Middleton is in his mid-30s. Drew Holiday. All these guys are much older than Giannis. Uh, they've all signed contracts already. They don't have, a, you know, even though some of these guys re-up, they don't have a ton of years left. They are headed for some kind of on-the-fly rebuild very soon. Now, can the Bucks pull it off? It's going to be very difficult. It's, you know, they're running into tax issues of their own. They would have been a second apron team last year. Their depth, I think, is a little bit shaky. And they have to deal with the added factor of, can we get free agents to sign Milwaukee? So it's going to be very difficult. But I'm sitting back and like, this is nothing the Bucks didn't know. I don't think that they were taking Giannis for granted and saying he's going to be here his entire career. I, I have, I'm sure the front office has felt pressure to build a, a contender around him no matter what. Yeah, um, they always feel pressure. And I've felt pressure really since Giannis hit his prime and became an MVP. Uh, when you are a small market team, you are forever going to feel the pressure of making a star happy to keep him away from wanting out, potentially going to a big market team. Now, for a number of years, Giannis has felt like something of an anomaly, a player that wasn't necessarily tempted by all the trappings of a big market. And maybe he's not. Maybe he really is just looking for the right place to win championships. And if that's like Memphis, he'd be willing to go and resign with the Memphis Grizzlies. That part of it, we don't really know. But these are probably the strongest comments Giannis has made about his future today. You think back to a couple of years ago when Giannis first signed that extension the year before the Bucks won that shortened season championship. Uh, that was done without a lot of fanfare. We, we didn't hear a lot from Giannis. In fact, many people around the NBA were surprised that he signed that deal especially since up until that point, the Bucs had not fielded a championship-level team. Um, I, I think this puts a lot of pressure on Milwaukee to win everything this season. I think that mm. that's my biggest takeaway from all that because if, if they wind up bowing out in the first round, and this is where I point out, Rohan, that Giannis had a lot to do with them losing in the first round. Yeah, he got hurt early in that series, yeah. but he played in three of the he, five he, games. He got outplayed by Jimmy Butler. 
got outplayed. So you got to you got to own some of that too. Um, but if they wound up flaming out in the first round or even the second round, then if I don't believe Giannis would resign, and if that's the case, you have to trade him. You have to because you can't go into a lame duck year and not potentially get all that would come back in a Giannis deal. So it puts an enormous amount of pressure on Milwaukee, not just to advance deep in the playoffs, but to win a championship. And I believe they're capable of it. Like, I look across the Eastern and Western Conference fields, as long as Giannis is right, I think Drew Holiday, still very much in his prime. I think Chris Middleton, if he's healthy, can still be the Chris Middleton we saw when they won a championship. Brooke Lopez, seemingly ageless. I mean, he doesn't play <laughs> vertically, so I think Brooke Lopez can have a lot of good years on the back end of his 30s. Bobby Portis, we're seeing in USA Basketball, he can still play. They've got some pieces there. Uh, so I-, I think they're capable of winning a championship. But to me, this effectively made this season championship robust for Milwaukee. I, I don't see any other way to look at it. That's really interesting. I They definitely, we're on the same page. They can't lose in the first round again. That's a, that's a death knell. That's over. That, I think, is we got to blow this up. Uh, we got to get rid of the core, et cetera, trade everyone. But let's I, say they lose to Boston in the second round, though. Like, say mm-hmm. they lose to, like, this is not a team that's going to organically get better, right? Like, you know, Giannis is who he is. He's 28 years old, be 29 in December. He's going to be this type of player, I think, for a few more years. But Middleton's going to be the same or worse. Brooke Lopez is going to be the same or worse. Uh, Bobby Portis is going to be the same or worse. Maybe you can count on some organic growth from Grayson Allen or some of these ancillary guys, but I, I think if you get beat in the second round by a Celtics team or a Sixers team, you know that's going to be a pretty clear mess to Giannis that we don't have what it takes. Man, I'm, I, as soon as you said championship robust, my first reaction would be like, this is another classic Mannix hot take, and I, I'm not going to agree with it, but you've convinced me. I think you're right. I think I'm coming around to championship robust. It's just... It's hard to wrap my mind around the idea that Giannis is going to get traded from the Bucks like as soon as I don't know, eleven months from now, ten months from now, even as we come up on September. But there's definitely pressure. I do. I'm fascinated by what the Bucks' plan is because they don't really have good options here. Let's say, let's say they make it to the conference finals or they lose in the finals, and Giannis does want to stay. At some point, they still have to figure out what they're doing with all these guys because Giannis is going to be able to contend for, let's say the next five or six years. That's not the case for Brooke Lopez. It might not be the case for Chris Middleton, who granted last year, it took a lot longer, I think for him to come back than people thought it would. And then beyond that, he looked like a shell of himself in that first round series. I mean, he had some nice offensive moments here and there, but was getting really frankly targeted defensively in a way that he wasn't in years past. I just I don't know what good routes they have. What are their options? Like, you know, do you trade Holiday? Do you trade Middleton? How do you even begin to kind of rebuild this thing on the fly around Giannis? That's what worries me more than even what happens this year is even if they're successful and don't win at all, I don't see the path for improvement for that. You know, they were one of the teams that really got screwed by the Bradley Beal no trade clause hmm. because if Bradley Beal didn't have a no trade clause. I believe he'd be in Milwaukee right now. I believe the Bucks had a more substantive offer to make to Washington, but because Bradley Beal had the no trade clause and he could effectively decide where he wanted to play, the Bucks lost out. I think if you add Bradley Beal who what is in his early 30s 
to that mix, that makes them a little bit better than what they would be with, say, Chris Middleton, and that would be a potential game changer. But, you know, situations like that where superstars are available that the Bucks have the assets to acquire, they don't come along very often. In fact, they rarely come along in the NBA. So I don't know. I don't think they have an opportunity to to wheel and deal and make themselves better because the assets they have, whether it's the veteran players on their roster a little bit older, the draft picks, which are either not there or not very good, um, it's problematic. I'll tell you one player who's probably looked back at this Giannis proclamation and smile, and that's Holiday. I mean, Holiday, uh, what, 33 years old, coming up on a contract year. Uh, if the Bucks win a championship, or if the Bucks do enough to make Giannis happy, and Giannis likes playing with Drew Holiday, which clearly he does, that is a ticket to a $200 million contract. That's what that is for Drew Holiday. So he's got to be sitting back going, this is a great opportunity for me to cash in on one more big deal before my career is over. But I don't see I don't see how anything short of a championship is going to make Giannis believe that this team is who he should commit to for the next five years of his career. Because if you can't get past Boston this year or Philadelphia or whoever else emerges as a top contender in the Eastern Conference, you're probably not going to do it next year when Lopez is a year older or the year after that when Middleton is a year older. It, it's championship or bust in my in my uh, sorry Milwaukee. So I, I don't know. Uh, I, I would I would go into this season feeling a fairly heavy burden if I was John Horst and Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin a total wild card. I like yeah, Adrian that Griffin, is a, but that's a you know you, a you, lot you, of you fire Mike to put Boot- him on. Yeah, look, you fire Mike Budenholzer, and I, I was certainly not shocked by that because anyone that knows the ins and outs of that organization knows that Mike Budenholzer. You know, if if they had lost that. Series Nets against series. Yeah, he was Nets, the Nets, he was on very thin ice, to say the least. Uh, so letting him go wasn't a shock, but bringing in Adrian Griffin, who has no head coaching experience on the NBA level, uh, that was interesting. That was interesting. And Giannis was consulted on that hiring, so he signed off on it. But And AG's a very smart guy. I've known him for a long time, uh, deserving of an opportunity. But this is you know being thrown directly into the fire. This is a young inexperienced, at least as a head coach, coach, uh, being asked to, to win it all or else it's a failure. I mean, we've seen success. I mean, Nick Nurse had success in Toronto with a lot of pressure on him. On the flip side, you know, David Blatt in Cleveland, uh, that, that didn't exactly work out for him with the Cavaliers. So there are examples both ways, but a lot of pressure, I think, on Adrian Griffin going into this year because he's coaching a championship team now. Next year, I don't know what it could be if they come up short. And I'll also say another add to the pressure – they, they're just not going to have many other shots with this group. Like, as you said, all these guys are, are probably going to get worse, if anything. Uh, it would be great if they were able to stay the same. So that it just adds fuel to this fire. Like, you know, as good as this group is, how much longer can they be this good? Yeah. It's a legitimate question. No doubt. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury 
with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. The other topic I want to get into, because it is still a slow time in the NBA. We talked about James Harden, no progress there. (laughs) Um, The Miami Heat are now, I guess I'm wondering what the Miami Heat are thinking in their Mm -hmm. front office. What, you know, their their power structure at the moment is is thinking about. Because when we talk about Damian Lillard, and Lillard gave an interview with Mark Spears, we didn't really say anything. He said, I'm not going to talk about Portland, which is probably the right thing to do. Uh, Anything you say at this point, if you're Lillard or you're Harden, it's just not going to be good for you. Um, But when we talk about Damian Lillard... It always seems to shift, well, Portland's got to do it. Portland's got to do it. What do they got to do? Bring Damian Lillard back to camp when Scoot Henderson's there. What kind of distraction will it be? And all those things are are true to an extent. But now that the calendar is turning to September, you do have to start wondering how much pressure Miami is starting to feel. Because, look, look, let's just say that he'd do nothing else. uh, And they go into the season with the roster they currently have. Are they even a playoff team? I mean, they got in last year through the play By the skin of their teeth. By the skin of their teeth. And to their credit, steamrolled, you know, into the finals. Um, but they lost their starting backcourt. Two key guys. They lost Gabe Vincent. They lost Max Struess. They still have Kyle Lowry, but he's a year older. And, you know, 
as far as load management goes, he'd be a prime candidate for that. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler is a year older. Bam doesn't, Adebayo still Jimmy in his Butler prime. Jimmy Butler doesn't but, play full regular seasons. He doesn't. No, doesn't play full regular seasons. So mm-hmm. I look at this Miami Heat team, and I understand Heat culture is great. Eric Spolstra, best coach in the NBA. Jimmy Butler, as clutch as they get. But in an 82-game regular season, I'd probably have them penciled into 10th in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, I think Struess is important. Gabe Vincent was important. And they didn't really replace them with veterans that are on their level. And you're talking about, you know, counting on, uh, you know, their first round pick. You're talking about, you know, thinking Nikola Jovic is going to step up and play. Like, there's just a lot of, you know, plus they have Tyler Hero, who I know. I'm I'm fairly certain about this. Tyler Hero has not been pleased by all that's gone on in Miami this offseason. How he's just been bandied about as you know, kind of filler in, in trade talks. Tyler Hero is a couple of years removed from winning sixth man of the year. And yeah, it was disappointing. Finished him last year. But Tyler Hero believes he's on a certain level. And he has not been happy with how his name has been tossed around in, in all these trade talks. And how oftentimes when we're discussing Tyler Hero, we're discussing how many teams don't want him. Uh, that has not sat well with Tyler Hero. So potentially bringing a disgruntled Tyler Hero back into the mix. Maybe to play Duncan Robinson even more this year. Um, how much pressure is Miami feeling at the moment? Are they feeling more pressure at this point than uh, than Portland? Are they in a position now where they have to start thinking about upping their offer? What do you think Miami's uh, thought process is going to be? Chris, you're saying something I've been thinking for a long time, which is the idea that Miami is all the leverage, Miami can wait it out, is is absurd to me, is comical. You You mentioned it. This team barely made the playoffs last year. And part of it is because guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Schroes weren't great during the regular season, but then they ended up being huge parts of what they were able to do in the playoffs. Like, they don't, first of all, they don't win their second playing game against the Bulls, if not for Max Struess, who goes off with six threes in the first half. How many huge games did, game, games did Gabe Vincent have during the playoffs? The defense he brought, they bring in Josh Richardson on a minimum deal. He can do some of what Gabe Vincent can do, certainly not all of it. There's a reason he's bounced around the league the last few years. They're going to count on Jaime Hawkes Jr., Nikola Jovic, guys who are completely unproven, guys who, even if they have good regular seasons, are you counting on them to play championship-level defense come conference finals time? Give me a break. Um, I think I don't – so part of the issue here is a lot of the reporting, you know, Barry Jackson, Miami Herald, says that Blazers aren't really interested in engaging with the Heat. I don't know if that's because the Heat won't make a serious offer or Portland just has no interest whatsoever in anything Miami has. No, I think the, it's I, I think it's more the the former. I, yeah. I, I look the look. There's no the talk about engagement. It, you don't have to unless something changes in in what you're offering. There's no need to engage. The Blazers yeah. have made it pretty clear that whatever's on the table for Miami doesn't interest them. Um, and Miami's position over the last couple of months is has been we're not going to bid against ourselves. So until another team emerges, and I, and I was talking to a GM today. Who, who does believe that in the next month, two months, maybe three months, you'll see someone else emerge on that trade market uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that takes an interest in acquiring Damian Lillard. It at least gives the Blazers some competition there. At least gives them right. someone to play against Miami in this situation. But, you know, there's no, the Blazers have decided they're not just going to offload this guy. And look, Joe Cronin, I think, has made some mistakes in his time on the job, I, you know, as a GM, I wouldn't have given Damon Lillard that contract extension in the first place. You had him under contract for two more years anyway. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't urgency to do that. 
Um, but I think he's doing the right thing in not rushing into a deal. You know, not doing what Washington did, which was we just want Bradley Beal off our books and we'll take whatever mm-hmm. offer that Phoenix is going to give us. The, Joe Crow and the Blazers are doing the right thing here in waiting this thing out. And if that means bringing Lillard back into camp, so what, be it. What, yeah, it's the what, way it what, goes. What do they have to lose? I really don't understand. People are like, well, they can't bring Damian. I'm like, what do they have to lose by bringing Damian Lillard back? He's the consummate pro, even with this trade request happening. Like, he's not going to get to camp and mope. He's not going to put on a fat suit. You know, I don't think he's no, going to No, he's not going to do not that. Because you know like why? His, rep, his reputation in Portland means something to him. Exactly. It, 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 as it should. It means something to him. I, he, he wants to go down as the greatest Portland Trailblazer who ever lived. And maybe he will regardless, but if this plays out where he has to report to camp and he doesn't, or if he sulks, uh, you know that will be on his yeah. Blazers resume. He doesn't and, want that. And I just, yeah, I don't see that happening. I, if I'm the Heat, I, I think the most realistic and best offer the Heat can get up to, and they have to find a way to get to it, is they have to find a way to get four first-round picks to Portland you have to include Jovic. You have to include Hawkes. That means moving Hero to a third team. Maybe I'm kinda, that's... I'm kind of not... Like, the, the Jaime Hawkes stuff, like, I, I think it's sort of... He had a good it's, summer league, and, he, and look, he's just ready to play. That, as, yes, uh, to, that's, but, not about, that's not about Hawkes' height, but that's what you got. That's what you Hawkes got. Is you, have, you, it's, you just have to give them as much, quote-unquote, potential as you can. And so if I, the Heat have to find a way... To get up to four first round picks, they have to include Jovic and Hawkeyes. They probably have to move Hero to a third team. And I think they have to do it immediately. Because, like I said, you look at their roster, you cannot expect them to just cruise in as an eight seed every year and make the finals. What happened last year was incredible. And it was incredible because of how unexpected it was. It's not like the Heat went out and proved, oh, we were better than Milwaukee this whole time. We were better than Boston this whole time. No, you did something incredible and unexpected. And it was very fun to watch. Uh, you know, but the reason there's a reason why it doesn't happen all the time. There's a reason why it's unexpected. You can't expect Jimmy Butler to go out there and score 56 points um, in a playoff game, average 35 a night. It's just it, it's an absurd expectation to put on him. You also look at Butler where he's at in his career. What is he? I think 33 right now. It's a lot of pressure to put on him to drag this team again. It's a lot of uh, miles to put on him in the regular season just for them to get to the playoffs. I think the Heat need to be acting way more desperately. I, I think they need to include every basically non-playoff rotation member they have to to get this done. Um, I think they've been really nonchalant. And, you know, I see some of the local people be like, oh, why should the Heat offer a lot? Um, you know, they have all the leverage. I don't believe that's the case. Portland has no reason to get this done soon. The longer they wait, the more it benefits them. Dame's going to come in and be Damien Lillard. Like, he, he, there's worse things for Scoot Henderson than to learn under Damian Lillard for a year. So I don't agree with the notion that Portland has to get this done. However, Chris, I have something to float by you. I have been in Miami okay. this summer talking to some people. Something I've heard lately. I don't know how legit this is. But if you recall when the Bradley Beal stuff went down and the Heat didn't acquire him and Beal was, you know, the Heat were on Beal's list. A lot of people said the Heat were waiting for Dame. You know, they don't want to use all their assets in a Beal trade. I think that there are some people here who are maybe waiting to see what's going on with Joel Embiid. I think that that's a small factor in play here. There, think, the idea, that, the small... idea that Embiid could want out. Because Jimmy yeah. and Embiid, Embiid is one of the, the good, great even relationships that Jimmy has around the NBA. So I, I think that's a small, is it a big factor here? I don't know, but it's it's something that I think is being floated. 
I, I look. There are teams that are sitting on Joel Embiid. The New York Knicks are the most prominent. Mm-hmm. If Joel Embiid wasn't out there, I think New York Knicks would be aggressively pursuing Damian Lillard. Maybe less so now that Brunson is there and he's proven he can mm-hmm. be a good point guard. But uh, the Knicks have been captivated by Lillard for a number of years. But they're keeping all their powder dry in case Joel Embiid really becomes available. But this, it, it, in the same way, they're holding it dry in case Giannis becomes available too. Like they want Mm -hmm. bigger fish. They want in their prime superstars that, and that would be what they'd blow their, their draft capital uh, on. I I don't, I I don't think for Miami because Joel Embiid's not going to be available this year. He's not like, there's no way, there's no way the Sixers trade uh, Embiid this year. And there's no guarantee they trade him next year. I mean, Daryl Morey feels about Joel Embiid now how he used to feel about James Harden. Like, this <laughs> team's going to be built around Joel Embiid for years to come. So I, I don't think there's any of that when it comes to Miami. I think the Beal situation, though, like let's say Washington held on to Beal up until now, and Beal was still in the Wizards and still available. Uh, would Miami turn to Beal right now? Maybe. Maybe. Like, not with the uncertainty going on with with Lillard, you know, would they turn and say, look, we'll do a Bradley Beal deal for a lesser offer, mm-hmm. uh, and Beal would go to Miami because he'd waive his no-trade clause for, for that situation? Uh, I think that's that's certainly possible. That, that that I believe to be true. But the Embiid stuff, I just don't think Embiid's going to be available till next summer at the very earliest. And then only if Embiid says, I'm not going to resign here, I'm not coming back, you have to trade me. And that would be the only, you know, plausible scenario where that comes i just think i i to echo what you said about you know waiting and i, and I kind of touched on this earlier like let me throw a scenario out there one that is fictional but could be rooted in reality if we look ahead a few months let's say oklahoma city is gangbusters to start the season let's say they mm-hmm. they, they they win like 60 something percent of their games through january they're sitting in the third or fourth seed in the western conference which is not outrageous because no they organically they're gonna be, grow yeah, yeah chet holmgren's Jaylen gonna be Williams, really good josh goody shay yep a lot of good players in oklahoma city let's say they're sitting there and oklahoma city knows they can't pay all these guys on their roster they've got a surplus of young talent they've got a surplus of draft picks what's the stop stop sam presti from saying you know what damian lillard's got three and a half years left on his deal let's go get him Let's put Lillard in a backcourt with Shea and with Lou Dort as the three-man, and let's see how that works. I think that'd be pretty damn good, personally. I think Shea can defend two guards. Lou Dort is strong enough to defend threes and fours when he has to. You know, if you're Portland, you got to be thinking about that scenario or something like that in the next three or four months. Not like, let's get Lillard off the roster and take whatever Miami's going to give us. It's very interesting, and it would just be... And again, I think the reason why... It hasn't happened yet is because, first of all, the, the Thunder trade, I agree. The Thunder would be very intriguing. That kind of move just seems so out of Sam Presti's character um, that I, it, it's hard to imagine it happening. I, I would say it's out of his character, though, Rome, but like he he, he knows he can't keep all these guys. Right. Like, there's so many guys that are going to be contract eligible in the next three or four years. That's going to make this cute, but, inexpensive but, d- team. But doesn't that make them more of a player for a Giannis or an Embiid? Because the, another tricky factor here is Lillard's age and the last two years of that deal, which is another reason why I, I do think why Miami has waited this long, is that those are legit complicating factors that when you know there was the first you know rush of him saying he wanted to go to Miami and people were like, why would they ever do this? The list of teams that can acquire Lillard, I will say, is a lot smaller in practice than in theory because I of think, the second yeah, you, apron, you because know, of to, his to, age and contract. Yeah, you bring up the... But all uh, it takes is one team. All it takes is one team. 
Right, but just to, to, to talk about Oklahoma City and why they wouldn't go chase Embiid or Giannis. Neither one of those guys are probably going to resign there. Like in Lillard, you, like the contract actually benefits Oklahoma City in yeah, the case of Lillard yeah. because you have him for three and a half more years. Right. You know, Giannis, he becomes a free agent. Maybe he loves Oklahoma City. He's a strange dude when it comes to that stuff. Maybe Oklahoma <laughs> City says, we'll sign every other member of your family and keep him down there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, Embiid, I highly doubt, would re-sign with Oklahoma yeah. City. So I think that becomes a bigger problem. And if you're the Thunder, it's like with Paul George, when he had a couple of years left on his deal. The Thunder willing to swing big and, and go get him, uh, even if he didn't want to be there, uh, because they could have control of him for a couple of years. Uh, same thing with Lillard. To have him for, for three and a half years, that's probably a win. And I got to tell you, I'm less, I'm less concerned than others about the, the, the years left. I think Lil's going to be a really good player into his uh, mid to late 30s. I don't think he's going to be a 30-point-per-game player, but can he be a 24-point-per-game scorer who can shoot the three really well and is a clutch guy down the stretch? Yeah, I believe he can do that. He's never going to be a great defensive player, so you know it's not like you're going to take these big steps back from the player he has been. Um, I, if I'm Oklahoma City and if I'm sitting there at the three seed, you know, come late January, and uh, there's no other options that are better. I, you know, throw one or both of the Jalen Williamses in a trade. <laughs> you know, you know, send off all these draft picks. They got so many draft picks still. You know, over the next. I mean, they few have years. to start it's doing wild. something with the picks. They have to start doing something because they can't roster no. all of these players. So something has to happen. Their team to keep an eye on, certainly. I. I I do wonder who is going to be that team that enters the Lillard sweepstakes that makes Miami sweat a little bit. Because, again, I think the Thunder are an intriguing one. I still have my doubts that they do it. Um, just because, you know, the apron's looming over. Are they going to give extensions? Who's going to get extensions, et cetera? Shea's already on a big deal that's going to get bigger. It's it's an interesting conundrum. Yeah, but like if you, you give an extensions teams, to, like, you know, if you're paying Lillard, right. Would you rather that's pay a lot Lillard of money. you got to pay these yeah. other guys. Like, you right. know, and, right. you know, some of these guys on cheap deals look great. They start getting paid a little bit more. It's like, well, be better. You know, yeah, we've got to win at a high level. So I wouldn't count them out. Just, uh, it, they'd have to be good going into next year. Like, really good at the midway point of the season. Lillard would have to still be on that Blazers roster. But that's a team I would keep an eye on uh, over the next couple of months. All right, we will be back next week as we officially get into September. Training camps open over the next few weeks. Looking forward to talking about that and much more here on the podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and expect. 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.